stay there. You know what? I believe that every single person on this planet can make a difference. And I believe that we all have something to offer, something that's so unique that it will change somebody else's life. I believe we all deserve to step into our true selves. And I believe that every single person needs to feel great about themselves. I want you to step into who you truly are and I want you to make a difference for somebody else and for yourself. And I don't think it's that hard. It's a matter of putting one step in front of the other and just taking action. And I'm interviewing guests that have done just that. I'm Karen Vaughan. This is the Get Off The Bench podcast. And here is where you can make that decision to make your life count. It all starts with you saying yes. and welcome back to another week of the Get Off The Bench podcast. This week we are talking music, politics and leadership and I am chatting with the wonderful Mick Harrington who a lot of you will know was on The Voice and in the grand final. You're going to absolutely love this. We get right into um, his journey on The Voice and we talk about his um, journey into politics as well and then into leadership. And this is a really open and honest and really deep digging uh, conversation that we're having today. And that's it. I'm just going to leave it there because I just say too much and you are going to love it. So welcome, Mick. You know, mate. <laughs> it's been a long bloody time getting this organised. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm not the best at admin. <laughs> You are shocking at admin. But anyway, <laughs> oh, no. anyway, so if anyone listening, um, Mick and I have been trying to do this for, well, I don't know, it's probably two years and we keep bumping into each other <laughs> down the street because we live in the same area. And I'm like, when we're doing that podcast, and he says, yeah, send me that stuff, mate. And then we don't do it. So we've, we've finally <laughs> pinned each other down. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're here now, it. mate. I know, it's fantastic. So, Mick, I, I wanted there's a there's a few things I want to talk to you about. You're you're a fascinating fella, and um, you know even now you're sitting in your car. Um, what, somebody's unloading a load of wood off the back of your car while we're while we're chatting, and I reckon that's that's this is what it, you know this is what it's about. Sometimes we pretend and put on a big face, and you know, oh my life's so bloody perfect and organized and everything else, and it, and it never is. And people need to get off that wagon and just buddy say it and show it as it is you know because we're not we're all trying to squeeze stuff in aren't we oh you're absolutely right and look honestly how hard is it to live a life where you're just pretending you are something that you're not i yeah i mean i'm pretty open about it Uh, i love music um but i love to work um i effectively try and make two wages so my partner bet can be a stay-at-home mum and and do that so yeah you never you're never not working but you know that's what you do to look after your kids. No, bloody oath. You do. That's what I always say to people. You, you know, if life was one big party, I'd just be travelling around the world. It'd be bloody fantastic. But we <laughs> do need to put we do need to put food on the table, and and we all, you know, we all have a life that is uh, it, it's never perfect. So, and speaking of not perfect, and I reckon this is perfect. You know, I'm just going to say to you, start straight up, right? I've got sore envy now. You've got a bench saw that you put out. Well, I'm, I'm going to call it a bench saw, but it's like this giant bloody thing that you put out in the paddock, and you put you and you're a big fella. You throw a log up onto it, and you just 
you're sawing this bloody saw, you know, into sections so that it can be chopped. Now, I've got this tiny little bloody steel um, chainsaw, and when I you, yours takes about three seconds and mine takes about, you know, three hours to cut through a bit. I've got envy because I've been watching that saw of yours, and, I, you know, I've been looking for one. I can't find one. Yeah, <laughs> I look, love it. it's an absolute ripper. It's called a Raptor bench saw, and honestly, I've cut, I think I've cut in the last two years, I've cut basically 3,000 cubic metres of wood with it. Um, wow. And, you know, all it needs is a sharpen here or there and just a brilliant piece of gear. And it just makes my life a lot easier, not not sharpening a chainsaw every five minutes. Oh, that's the problem, isn't it? I'm writing that down, Raptor bench saw, because we um, we have tr- gum trees that fall down, you know, a lot. And it's, oh, my God, the, the chainsawing and... You know, we're we're now getting a bit older and we're looking for ways to like how can we make that easier? How can we make that easier? But I love it. I've got envy. Yeah, and I have for shit little, in for little branch for little branches, it's just really simple and easy. Um, it's like any bit of big equipment. You just gotta make sure you follow your OHS guidelines and stuff, but it's pretty simple. Yeah. If I if I can operate it, I'm I'm uh, certain that you would be able to do it, Karen. Oh, I know I could. I, I build sheds and I, 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 anything a man, anything a man can do, I can do better. Okay, well, no, I'm you, not really. You, you're guaranteed to follow the instructions better anyway. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. So speaking of wood, because this is your job, you know, you, you go around um, chopping up trees and I'm not, I'm not minimizing it. Like, because yeah. by Jesus, it's a great job. And you go, I've seen you just um, throw tons and tons and tons of wood in a day, Do you, you know, like you, you're a bloody machine with it, but that is a wood chopper. And I'm not saying that in a, I love that. You know that, you know, that song. I'm a lumberjack and I don't, <laughs> I don't know why. So you, you're a muser. You're making me sing all these dicky songs. But how do, you, how do you go from being a wood chopper to going to The Voice? Because you were on The Voice in, I think it was 2021, if I'm, yep. was it yep. 2021? Right. Yep. yep. And and you went all the way to the grand final, which I'm going to talk about. But how, what makes you go, what was the decision in your head that you just said, damn it, I'm going on The Voice. I don't care. I'm doing it. Well, look, I'd, I'd played pub gigs and, you know, stuff like that in my local area since I was probably 15 years old. Um, I love it. I've always loved music. Um, I've loved art of all descriptions, poetry, writing, music, all that. Um, but I just thought it's a really good opportunity to just have a crack at something. Um, I've yeah. never been, I'd probably say I've never been the best at anything I've done. Um, but that has never stopped me from having a go at it. Like I was a really bad professional boxer. Um, I wasn't a good dancer. I've done that, but it's <laughs> still, it's expanded me as a person and you know, show me something new. And I thought, why not have a crack at it? I might not turn a chair. I might, but we'll just have a go and see what happens. Yeah. I love that attitude. Wait, I, I just, I, I can't help this. I've got to tell you this story. You said you've been playing since you were 15. I, I started also playing when I was 15 and played in pubs. And and I played in this band, and people have heard this story before, but that we had a female singer, and one night she just didn't show up, and the boys in the band said, well, you'll have to sing. We had a gig the next night out at the Darnham pub, and, and the, the boys said, well, you'll have to sing. And I said, I can't sing. And they said, why not? You're a girl? And that was their, that was their <laughs> whole reasoning that I should sing. And I did sing, and it was bloody awful, and people were throwing money. And you know how people throw money like it's like a – you're great. Here's some money. It wasn't yeah. that. I reckon it was here's some money. Shut the hell up. It's so bloody awful. <laughs> yeah. So um, that that's a good one. I I played a gig in a small pub 
Um, I won't mention what pub, but I played a, a gig in a small pub <laughs> when I was about, oh, I was probably 21. And someone didn't like the fact that I was playing James Blunt. It wasn't quite blokey enough for them. Um, oh. And they threw a 50 cent coin at me and split my head open. Oh, oh so claret running down into my eye while I'm trying to sing goodbye, my lover. Um, so, yeah. It, it takes, <laughs> takes all types, doesn't it? It does take all types. And, and, and you and I could talk for I, over a beer. We'll talk about all the uh, pub experiences we've had <laughs> because I, I've played in pubs for, oh, it would have been um, 30, oh, 35 years playing in pubs. And, uh, the the I'm going to write a book one day, and I'm sure you could write one too. When you just said there, you know, you're talking singing that James Blunt song, and it wasn't quite blokey enough. When you went on the Voice, you sang "Somewhere Over the Rainbow." Now, I had I love people singing that well. I don't love people singing that badly because it's, <laughs> it's quite one of those songs. And I remember, you know, really falling in love with the song when um, Israel is a is an Hawaiian guy. Um, what's his name? I'll say his name. Kamaka Wiwiole. Israel, Kamaka Wiwiole. And, and he, he played is, it with um, the ukulele? Yes. And, Amazing. Yeah. He's, he's, he's died now and due to health complications. He's a, a very, very large fellow, but he was um, – I, I that song the way he did it. Now I'm going to give you the biggest compliment ever because <laughs> I never thought I could hear anybody ever do it as well as him. But you, when I saw you on the Voice, I was like, my, oh, and I'm not, no, I'm not kissing your bum. My, my mouth, my jaw was open, and I was like, holy hell, that is beautiful. So, and I'm not just saying that because you're on the podcast. It was it was beautiful and very unexpected coming out of your mouth. You know, like you look at you, you're a you're a bloke, you're a bloke's bloke, and that what a beautiful song. Why did you yeah, choose look, that song? Um honestly, um I wanted to show people, I think people expect when I come out to perform that haven't seen me perform, if I've got like, you know, I've got the flanny on, the jeans, the boots. They just assume that I'm going to, you know, belt out uh, Jimmy Barnes or yeah. some Lee Kernigan or John Williamson or something like that. And and that's just not actually um, – that's not what I play. It's not how I play. Like I I love singer-songwriters, but my voice is – it's I mean, it has some sort of rap to it, but it's actually quite a, like a sweet voice. It's, and it's actually – for what I look like, it's actually quite high. Yeah, um, it is. So – it was just showing people that sort of juxtaposition between you can look like this and you can mm. sing however you want. I, I just like that idea of yeah. you can look a certain way that doesn't have to translate into anything. Like, um, yeah. like I'm, a, I'm probably a pretty Aussie looking bloke, but I, you know, I went to pony club as a kid. I, I've done ballroom dancing. Like I just think everyone should be able to express themselves no matter what they look like. I agree, and it just goes to show how much we judge people, you know, and how, how much the first thing we have is is a visual of somebody, do you, you know, and we, well, most of the time, unless it's an audio, but then we we just make the assumption that they're going to be like that. So I absolutely bloody love that song, and, and it got you it got you moving. It turned the chairs. It, it kept you in there all the way to the grand final. When you got to the grand final, like, what, what was the feeling what was the feeling performing on that, you know, like, shit, did you stop and go, 
I can't believe it. Here I am. I'm in the grand final. Oh, honestly, it, it was a really surreal feeling. Um, it's a very different world than what I'm from. It's, you know, mm. glitz and glamour and green rooms and getting looked after. And it's just very different than my my upbringing and my everyday life. Um, and I was super nervous. But at the point where I got past probably halfway in the competition, um, I really realised that, I mean, I don't have the most classically beautiful voice in the world, um, but I think everybody, um, you know, everybody can um, everybody can sing in their own way and everyone's got something distinct about how they sing. Um, yeah. And for me, um, I just sing, try and sing from the heart. That's all I think you can do. Um, mm. And people like it, they do, and if they don't, that that's okay too. Well, I love that philosophy because you and I had a conversation uh, less than a week ago and you you said, you know, the best thing is to uh, not actually care what people think. You know, that's one of the best best things. So just get up there and do your thing without worrying about what people think. Well, if you, if you do care too much what people think, I, I just don't think you have a fun life. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that, absolutely. What do you reckon when you were, you know, you get to the grand final, what do you think the that experience is, te- is, is teaching or has taught your kids? Um, honestly, I mean, Katie's probably a little bit too young to sort of realise at the moment. Yeah. Um, but for Bella, it, I think it's really opened her eyes up to a different world um, than what she would normally see. And also she's seen her dad have a go at something that's really challenging and she could see that I was nervous. Um, she could see that there is an ability, you do have an ability as a human to push through nerves and achieve things that you don't think you can do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I just, I, I mean, I don't mind if Bella cleans toilets or she sings at the opera house or anywhere in between, but at least she knows that she can have a crack at something and, and, you know, succeed if she really wants to. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love that. That that is like yeah, that is fantastic. Now you work with um Jessica Melboy. Everybody's you know we always wonder are they nice? Are they really as nice as they seem on TV? So um I believe she is, and I believe you've said many times that she's she was wonderful to you. So yeah, honestly, um when you sort of first approach it, um I really thought that you know most celebrities would be a little bit, you know, sort of in their own world, dismissive and just, you know, sort of in their own bubble. But uh, I couldn't fault Jess Malboy. She is an incredible human, um, just a really down-to-earth, loving and, and caring human. She was incredible to me, uh, really great to my family, you know, spent a bit of time chatting with my kids, my partner back, uh, my mom, and she was just – she made the experience – really fun and um and i also learned a lot off her not not probably from a technical point of view but just from believing you know a point of really believing in what i can do yeah i was going to ask you that what do you think is the greatest lesson you learned from her just just the confidence bit mostly honestly i mean obviously i picked up a few little tricks and stuff vocally from her and you know little little things here and there but honestly it's just making sure that you believe in yourself and, and you're willing to um you know you're willing to push yourself because often with my voice, I would, I would say things like, Oh no, I, my voice can't do that. Yeah. Um, or, you know, and, and try and limit myself. Um, yeah. but she taught me, you know, use the emotion of a song. 
and push it. And, you know, even sometimes if it's not pitch perfect, people can feel pain or an emotion um, in what you're singing and it doesn't actually have to be perfect. It's still cut through. Yeah. I agree with that 100%. I'm not the I'm not the best singer in the world, but people people seem to love it and they say that I can feel you. And that was one thing that I learned, I taught myself, I don't even know how I learned it. People would say to me, "How do you how do you sing?" And I I used to say, "Imagine that you're the person that wrote that song and imagine that you're imagine the emotion of when you're actually writing that song and sing it like that." And and that makes such a difference. That that that's huge. Yeah, you're, absolutely, you're absolutely right. And for me, um, when I sing at my best, I've almost got to be on the borderline of if it on the borderline of tears. Um, it sounds yeah. strange, but you've yeah. got to really be in that moment and feeling, you know, feeling every part of the song. Um, yeah. It's just you've got to be careful not to tip over into tears because once you start crying, you can't sing. No, because I I tried to sing Puff the Magic Dragon several times. It's at several several venues, several gigs, and you know what? I just burst in tears and I can't finish the bloody song. So, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I agree. Would you recommend the voice for um, young budding musicians? Would you recommend going through that experience? Um, I think yeah, absolutely. I think it's amazing. Amazing thing to do. I'm just beeping some sheep out of the way of a gateway, Karen. <laughs> Um, but honestly, I think it's an amazing experience. But, but you yeah. need to have your head screwed. You need to have your head screwed on, and don't let um, D grade or C grade celebrity affect you. It's just really. I mean, I love the fact that I sing, but at the end of the day, I'm just making a nice sound with my face. <laughs> it's not. It's not any more important than anybody else's job. Um, I just happen to really love what I do, and I love you know, showing it to people and I love that it helps other people sometimes, but don't get ahead of yourself. It's just like being a great electrician or a great author or, you know, there's a massive amount of skills out there. I just happen yeah. to have this one. Yeah. And I love what you're saying. I remember playing at um, Beaconsfield Pub and the uh, and I don't mind naming pubs, I don't give a shit, and there was a cricket <laughs> club. So I hope, the, hope that that cricket club is listening and they know they're a pack of assholes. But they were they were just being drunk and scumbags, you know, this this whole club, and they were just horrible, and they were just being derogatory to women. And they, I, 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 was, I turned to my drummer and I just said, I'm going to smack my bloody guitar over their fucking heads before the end of the night because I, <laughs> I can't stand them. And he said to me, he said, look at the lady up the back in the green jumper. And, and I looked at her and she was on a table by herself and she was immersed in every song. Do you know? And, and he Just said, it. it's the number one, Karen. It's, it's the one person that you're doing it for. And that changed everything. That was about 20 years ago. And, you know, when you said then you, you just might make a difference to somebody. Yep. If you can make a difference to that one person, you know, that, that that's all that matters. Um, now, Mick, I want to, you're driving around a car. If anyone's watching this visually, um, Mick's bobbing up and down like one of those little things that you stick on your dashboard. <laughs> bobblehead doll. Yeah, bobblehead doll. But he's he's driving around the paddock. Um, Mick, um, politics. Now, you are a member of the National Party, and we're not going to get judgy on uh, different parties <laughs> because God knows there's enough fighting going on around the world. Um why why did you go into politics? Well, you, you actually I mean, stood for your seat, like, and put yourself right up there to yeah, be voted for. Yeah, and for me, um, 
I, I don't mind what political party people are affiliated with or, you know, what they enjoy, um, what they want to do with yeah. their lives. For me, I just identified with the Nats because I just love the, love the people within the Nats and love that they advocate for their communities. Um, and that's yeah. what I want to do, advocate for my community um, and hopefully and hopefully make, you know, a difference to my kids' life and make sure that country areas are a place where they can go to a decent hospital, get an ambulance when they call one, yeah. have a decent road network, get a job have a you know have some good training when they're older and and be able to stay here if they want to um it's pretty simple it's almost like it's almost a little selfish i just want it to be a great place for my kids to grow up um and i just what really astounds me in politics um is there's a bit of theater involved especially when you see question time or stuff like that you think if you think that's what politics is um that's just a snapshot and a bit of a I think it's theatre for people to see. Um, yeah. I've been fortunate enough to sit in on S- Senate select committees, um, particularly a recent one into uh, rural banking. Mm. Um, so that sat in our local town of Sale. Um, yeah. And I sat there in the room and I saw Peter Wish Wilson from the Greens, who me and him disagree on probably 98% of issues. I saw Malcolm Roberts from One Nation. We also probably disagree on quite a lot. Um, some Liberal senators, Matt Canavan from the Nationals um, and Raf uh, Ciccone from the Labor Party, they work together so well to actually try and get something good done in the world. It it, it really restored my faith um, a little bit in politics and, and made me realise that even though you see those theatrics, people are working hard together. And I think we don't have to agree on everything to try and come together and make the world a better place. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I'm an advocate for, say, the forestry industry. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, I'm really passionate about it. I'm a, I'm a member of the Board of Forest and Wood Communities Australia. I really believe in timber. Um, yeah. But I understand that some people don't. But mm. we should be able to have a discussion without either of us being labelled, um, you know, either I, I'm being labelled as an environmental um vandal or them being labeled as uh you know as a far left whatever we should yeah. be able to come together discuss and find the best path forward um yeah you know disagree disagree where we must um but try and work together where we can well i think that's the only way to move forward isn't it and when you when you're saying about you know all of your little group you know all from being di- different parties and actually sitting down working together I, that's what the world has to be do you know, it actually has to be that and yes we're all going to disagree are you going to keep going so you stood for the last election and didn't get in and that's not a reflection of you that's just a reflection of people go for often go for the the bigger names that they're more familiar with but are you going to keep standing or yeah yeah i'm i'm very passionate about politics karen i love it um yeah. i think it's one of the only avenues where someone like myself who probably knows a little bit about a lot um you don't have to be a specialist yeah. to be a politician you have to understand a variety of issues and try your best yeah. to um, and be willing to advocate for your community. And, you know, I love where I come from. I love yeah. East Gippsland. I, I've grown up here. I've been here since I was, you know, born. And yeah. it's it's a beautiful place, but there's some real challenges here. Um, industry transitions, power industry, timber industry. Um, there's a massive amount of issues that are coming up. And we need not just me, but everybody 
in our local area to really try and get abreast of the issues and, and try and find a path forward because we don't want to fall behind. We don't want to uh, become a ghost town or region. We want to make sure that we thrive. I agree. I was coming back from um, Ichuka last year and I, I went through a few little towns that were nothing. Like you could see that they were towns prior, you know, and there was like a milk bar and a pub and well, one, one, one in particular just I stopped at because I just stopped and looked sat in my car and looked at this town and there was a pub and a milk bar and something else and it was just all like a ghost town and, you know, and I just thought, how does this happen? You know, and, and I, I I get how it happens, but the, this would have been a thriving town at one point, you know, and, and when you're talking, you know, what I'm hearing is somebody standing up and saying we can't let our community get to this, you know, we can't, and, and perhaps in some of these towns somebody didn't stand up or somebody didn't listen to them or, or there wasn't yep. enough passion behind it. And I think that's really critical to say we've got something here and we need to, we, we all need to put our heads together and make this bloody work. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, look, I'm not a subject expert on a lot of the things that are happening, um, but I try to inform myself as much as I can mm-hmm. about what's going on in my community. Um, but I think for people that are really busy, um, you know, living with their families and going to work and doing sport and all these other things, often they don't have time to really delve deeply into certain issues. But I'm glad that there are certain people out there, not just myself, but there's a multitude of people in our region that are doing really great work um, on industry transitions and, and working to make sure that we do thrive as a region. I mean, I think Gippsland has a massive amount going for it. Obviously agriculture, um, tourism, forestry. We've got some great manufacturing businesses here. Um, yep. We just need to make sure, like things change over time. Things aren't static, you know that. Um, yep. But we need to make sure that if we're transitioning or we look after people, we make sure that people don't have to move away if they don't want to and ensure that there are opportunities for people. Um, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm lucky. I have a, a few little fingers in a few different pies so I can make a, a decent living. Um, not yeah. rich by any stretch, but I can make a decent living and look after my family. But for people that have been in a certain industry, say forestry or the power industry, for a massive amount of time and that's all they know, yeah. it's exceptionally important that we do not leave these people behind. Um, I mean, yeah. just, just recently 200 people at Maryvale Paper Mill lost their jobs. And yeah. 200 people making a good living, that out of a community, it makes a dent. And over time... You know, it, it that wouldn't ruin a community of and by itself, but it can be death by a thousand cuts. Um, yeah. And we know we need to apply that first aid now, not wait down the line. Yeah. And, yeah, and I, I completely agree. And we, we have to, I don't disagree with having a forestry industry. What I want to see is to make sure that it's done well, Do you, you know, and to make sure that the, we're, both protecting jobs and protecting the environment because um yeah I, you know. I agree um i'm third generation timber industry so probably not your traditional logging industry but my yeah. pa was a sleeper cutter um yeah. had commercial firewood contracts all around gippsland so forest red gum and yellow box yeah um now the way my pa did things that is just not feasible now if, if somebody did that now they would be well one they'd probably go to jail but two 
they would be a pariah in their community. Nobody wants things to be done like that yeah. anymore. Well, I know I certainly don't. Yeah. Um, but the problem is, is people have, I think a lot of people have this thing about not in my backyard. Mm. Um, so if we don't have a native timber industry here, um, it, it means, and, and look, don't get me wrong, I don't think the timber industry gets everything right 100% of the time. That's not what I'm saying. But we have much more rigorous oversight and legislation than most other countries. Um, you know, go to Brazil, 60% or oh. close enough to 60% of all logging in Brazil is illegal. Yeah. Um, you know, when you go to Bunnings and get your merbu from a certain or certain place um, overseas, Indonesia or something like that, the controls are nothing like what we have here. Yeah. Um, and that is my concern that people don't want it in their own backyard, mm. but they're happy to, um, for lack of a better term, rape and pillage another country um, and displace Indigenous tribes in Brazil or... The orangutans um, you know, and... God in Indonesia. There's, yeah. There's so many issues yeah. associated with it. Yeah. Um, I, I want a timber industry here. I make no secret about that, but I want it to be done very well as well. And I think yeah. while it's not perfect, there needs to be um, investment made in ensuring that it is done to, to yeah. the best it can be done. But I think here with the mines we have in Australia and the investments we can make in manufacturing and being efficient with how we do things, we're much better place to do it well than most other countries. Mm. I think we, um, I, yeah, I think Australia is an incredible country, and and that's why I'm so hell bent on what I'm saying too, and agreeing with you is that we've got to look after it. Yeah, you know, and that doesn't mean we don't use it, we don't utilize it. None of that. We just have to utilize it well. Do you know? And make sure yeah. that we've, we're looking after future generations, and we're, and that we're not exactly what you're saying, raping and pillaging the whole bloody countryside. But we can do it well. I believe we can do it well, and I believe that the, the changes that are happening are uh, looking much better. I believe there's a lot more consultation now. You know, and I'm not in the industry, so I'm only going by what I hear and what I feel. But um, We've got to look after the planet. It actually doesn't matter whether we're talking about fishing, timber, mining. It doesn't actually matter what we're talking about. The fact is that all of us need to pull our bloody heads in and work together because once this once the planet's gone, we're screwed. You know, so we've we've all got to just stop being a dickhead and just work together and 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 work out how the hell can we make this planet sustainable and stick together. You know, so that we, we're we might we might think well I'm going to be gone in 20 years but Christ don't we care about future generations we should be caring about future generations and yeah I absolutely agree with you like um say for instance where I grew up um out near Munro yeah. between Stratford and Sale and East Gippsland so it's a very small community there's basically a hall and a few houses not much else um so I grew up on a farm just near there and so basically a, a massive patch of where I come from used to be what's called forest red gum grassy woodland or forest. Yep. Um, now, basically, because it was such great agricultural land, I think it's I think there's about 0.5% of it left. Um, now, nobody wants that to happen to any other type of ecosystem. Um, yep. Definitely not me. Um, so there's definitely things we have to watch. Um, and you know, I want there to be great places for my kids yeah. to go and to utilise as well. Um, I, I don't think that locking and leaving the bush is the answer, but I don't think 
that going back to 1930s land clearing is the answer either. We have to find a happy medium yeah, um, and have to look after where we come from. Yep. I agree. Now, getting off that because uh, not that we're not we're not disagreeing, but it's just move, moving on because I want to know what you want to do with your life. Um, <laughs> and you you've just um, started with um, Gippsland Community Leadership Program. Just started um, your uh, uh, another another step in your leadership journey. And so, what what are you hoping that will lead to? Like, are you, like are you hoping that'll lead to a um, better like an increase or or an amplification or something be- a betterment of your music or the community politics family like where um, where are you hoping so probably uh, all of those um look honestly I love music Karen um it's a massive thing for me in my life but my first passion is actually politics and family and community yeah um for me doing the leadership program is about becoming a better person yeah. Um, a better leader. I'm learning to be more collaborative um, because everything I do in my life is pretty much solo. So I generally work by myself. I play music by myself. Yeah. Um, and you of all people know that if you want to succeed in life and have a good life, yeah. you need to learn to play well with others. And and that's, you know, it's something you learn from a small child, but it's also something you need to carry through, you know, your whole life. And I'm just trying to learn to be more collaborative and be more willing to receive people's ideas and yep. and hopefully learn some new skills and gain some new knowledge in the process. Well, you're in with a lovely group and I've uh, you know met them all the other night and what a, what a fantastic group. So I hope I, I I not I hope I know it will change your life and I can't wait to see you come out the other side. I already think you're a bloody fantastic bloke, but you know, when you come out the other end with just a few more you know fine tuned skills, I reckon you're going to hit. I reckon you're going to make some really. I don't I don't want to say big changes, but impactful changes, you know, changes that really have a lot of meaning. And um, you know, that's I think that's wonderful. Well, and I think as humans, if you're not learning, um, mm. you know, you you're not really you're not gonna change. You're not like I love the fact that we live in such a safe, wonderful country and region that mm. I have the opportunity to not only look after my family, but gain new skills, train, um, you know, enhance my leadership skills, um, all with the help of other members of the community. Um, you know, I've been sponsored to do um, to do the program, um, and I'm very grateful for that. Um, it's not something that I probably expected to do as a younger a younger guy, um, but through the through my life and having a family. Um, I think it's led me this way. I, I just want this this place to be great for my kids and other people's kids and, and future generations, and this sort of just feeds into that. Yep, yep, it certainly does. I love it. Now, um, Mick, this uh, podcast is called Get Off the Bench, and I do love to inspire people to get off the bench. You, you've you've got off the bench and, you know, stepped out of your comfort zone. Uh, we're t- we've only covered three things today, and there's a lot more, lot more things that you've actually done. What, what what would you tell people to what what advice do you want to give to people that are that thinking oh one day I'd like to do this one day I'd like to do that oh, I should do this what would you tell them my advice would be don't wait um don't wait until you're the best in the room at something you've practiced your whole life get out there learn on the job and make mistakes develop and change the way you do things as you go along yep. um you know the worst thing like for me 
I've done a heap of different jobs. I've worked in a heap of different industries and I have only found, like I'm nearly 35, I'm about to turn 35 shortly. And I've only just found my passion, the thing that I'm most passionate about in the last three years. Yeah. Um, and the only reason I eventually found it is because I was willing to try a heap of things along the way. Yeah. Um, you know, I've worked in retail, farming, forestry. Um, I've had my own mowing business. I've done a heap of different things. And the first time I got in a room and started, you know, being involved in politics, it just was a click moment. And I knew that's what I wanted to do. And, and that's how I wanted to do something not only good for me and my family, but good for the community. Yeah. Um, but it took a massive amount of doing things that I actually found along the way that I didn't enjoy to get to this point. Yeah. Well, great advice. And I didn't even really get onto this journey that I'm on now until I was 50. That was when I wrote my first book and I'm 60 in a couple of weeks. So, you know, it's, it's, I think, I think I agree with you. I think just keep trying stuff, keep trying stuff, keep trying stuff. And, and this waiting till you're perfect. Uh, <laughs> I don't know anyone who's perfect. So you can stuff that attitude. <laughs> well, look, Karen, I am, seldom the smartest person in a room and I'm definitely never the best looking but you just do it anyway <laughs> oh well, some might some might disagree with you about your looks Nick you, you're a charming character uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the first time for everything mate <laughs> that's exactly right now Mick where can people find you <laughs> uh look you can head on to any of my socials so I'm on Instagram Facebook just Mick Harrington Music get on there have a look i've got you know things music stuff on there bit of politics stuff um some opinions that people will either agree or disagree with um i'm happy for you to message me and tell me if i'm right or wrong and we can have a debate i love a debate so yeah. just uh yeah get in and interact and and you know follow the journey we're gonna have a a really good next few years i think yeah Fantastic. Well, I will put all, I'll put that in the show notes anyway. But Mick, I've absolutely loved chatting with you. I'm glad we finally got to do it because uh, I knew it would be a good conversation. You know, <laughs> it's but, always always good to talk to you. It's uh, nice to just talk to someone else that is as unashamedly themselves as I am. So it's it's really good to talk. Oh, thanks, Mick. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's no point being anyone else because they're all taken. So we might as well be. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much cheers, for mate. joining us, and uh, have a have the enjoy the rest of your day. <laughs> yeah. Cheers, mate. Bye. All right. See you, Mick. Tada. Oh, guys, I hope you enjoyed that. Mick is an absolutely wonderful chap and um, absolutely love him to bits. If we don't start caring about our communities and what's going on around the place and, and if we don't start speaking up and saying, I care about this issue more than just for me, I care about it for future generations and, you know, and and, and stepping up to lead change and stepping up to have a crack and ste just stepping up, I just think that, I just love what Mick's doing. I just love that he is um, giving things a go, even though he says he's not the smartest person in the room. Well, you know what? I don't. I don't even know how you measure that sort of stuff. I think that the smart thing is is that people actually give something a crack and actually care. And 
you know, care beyond themselves. So I think I think that's an incredible trait and a really wonderful quality. So I hope you've enjoyed that. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. By the way, if you're a muso and you want to get on The Voice, you know, as Mick said, go and do it, but don't get ahead of yourself and don't think that you're, you know, the biggest hero on earth. Just do it for the love of music. So anyway, I've loved it. Hope you have. Again, thank you very much for joining me and I will see you next week. See ya. Thanks for joining me. As always, I hope this episode inspired you. If you know somebody who's taken courageous action to create something that's making a difference for other people, let me know about it. Go to my website, karenvaughan.com, tinker around there, have a bit of a look and send me a message. I can't wait to hear from you. And remember, you're worth it. Your unique talents and gifts need to be out in this world. And I'm so passionate about inspiring you to achieve that. So you've listened to this episode. Just say yes, make the decision and put one foot in front of the other. See you next week.